I am here today with um, one of our new staff members, and we're doing this on Zencaster because she's super smart, super bright, and brings a lot of new ideas and talks me into doing things that maybe I wouldn't know about otherwise. I have with me today Jermaine Genty. Jermaine um, is our new, I feel like this title, it doesn't encapsulate enough, but she was brought on as an assistant podcast editor. Her and Valencia, our head podcast um, editor, and producer, they knew each other at Adelphi University. And Valencia has taken on some new jobs and her launching her own brand. And so she asked, you know, can I get some help? I'm like, yeah, find whoever you feel great about working with. That's I trust you completely. And she's like, and she found Jermaine. And Jermaine, like every time we get together, she's got these new great ideas. I'm like, go for it. Do it. Great. So I I love it. It's awesome. And um, so I have Jermaine here with me today. Um, And Jermaine, I'm going to do this a little differently because we jumped in, but talk to me about um, how you'd like to introduce yourself to people by your character traits. So... I'm, I'm feeling, first of all, I'm feeling a little nervous. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so I'm funny like, because you're such a natural in these, I feel like as I've gotten to know, I've only <laughs> known Jermaine through Zoom. I mean, we're all over the country and I can't wait someday to get all, there's like ha- most of my staff these days, I've never met in person. I've only known Valencia as a person I've ever like hugged <laughs> and actually saw in person. So, <laughs> yes. So, um, I would really just introduce myself as, I mean, you kind of said this before, but a 20 something, (laughs) a 20 something woman, um, figuring it out. I'm a, I don't know. I'm, I'm that type of person who will post on social media in January and then never post again until December. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I kind of, ride the wave of what wherever mm. I feel I'm meant to be at that point in my life. So I feel that if I start introducing myself with certain terms or phrases that it doesn't really encapsulate completely who I am or who I might be right now or last week. So, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm a creative, but I'm also a academic. I, you know, I mm-hmm. right now, I think 20 something figuring it out. Um, having fun, enjoying life, really. I'm a relaxed person. So I, I think I, 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 that's a bit of a struggle question for me right now that I think about it. I haven't yeah. been asked that in a while. I think it's good to revisit every so often. And I think you said something really important. And somebody, a mentor of mine about probably 10, 15 years ago said this to me. She's like, if you, if it is a part of who you are 5% of the time, then it is a part of who you are. And what that did is it like gave me permission to name things that I was, I was really stuck on. Oh, I don't do that all the time. Well, 
but do you do it 5% of the time? And it also gives fluidity because we are constantly changing and evolving. And, right. and you know, you're not going to, you're not the same person five years ago and you won't be the same person five years from now or five days from now, maybe. But just like, but knowing where you are in the moment, I think it also reminds us of where we are in the moment and, and being present with that but also, but not being so locked in because I see a lot of people get locked into a belief system about who they are. So I love that. I love that you spoke to that. I think that's really true. Yeah. I'm, I am feeling in that sense, I am feeling free to do and be free to do as I please and free to be whoever I feel like being that day. Yeah. I don't feel any type of tied down to any place thing or identity. Um, I feel like, you know, 20 something encompasses that. Absolutely. hundred percent. You are figuring it out. You've just come (laughs) out of college and, and, you know, Jermaine is one of these people that got to come out of college during, you know, a pandemic. So yeah, yeah. She (laughs) left New York. She went to the mid upper Midwest, um, and, and on a whole new adventure. So you're also, I, you know, I am always really adamant about our guests naming their own characteristics and not relying on others, but I would give you, you are fearless and courageous. Um, and in that, because that, was a lot to take on coming out. Like Thank you. Uh, that that I am because Yeah. Yeah. I think about that sometimes. Like I literally was like, well, I guess I'm bye. <laughs> I know. I, but I love that though, because I think a lot of people, understandably, and I've went through I've got my own daughter that came out of college during this time. Mm-hmm. And a, my youngest who tra- left one college and took a year off and transferred to another. So I've seen it in my own family play out. And um, some, and I've also seen some people who just got stuck. They just froze. Mm-hmm. It was just not, and that's not a cap on them. It's just was so much. I mean, right. it's so much in the normal world to come out of college and start your life and get the job and do the thing. If you don't have all these other things going on, not just the pandemic, but just the unrest of our country coming to terms with truth or those that are unwilling to, and that being on the threshold. But um, so we've gotten to introduce Jermaine to you. She got to tell you a little bit about who she is right now in this space that she's sitting in. Um, if you want to learn more about her after this, you can um, check out embracinglayers.com. There'll be notes on resources that she follows. Check out the show notes for more about her and her background and what she cares about. And follow us on Instagram at Embracing Layers to learn, to learn more about Jermaine. But um, this kind of goes nicely into... You did this big thing. You came out of school. You did the move. You've just changed jobs. Like Jermaine is not afraid to shake things up. <laughs> and she recognizes when she's in a space that's not healthy and she's not afraid to pull rank and be like, no, we're doing something different now, which again, I give you the courageous thing. So talk to me about in that in context of prioritizing self-care and what that looks like for you. Because I would argue self-care was number one being like, we're going to make a change. So one thing I will say that actually Valencia and I have talked about is that those are the types of decisions that teach you to trust yourself. Because I would say that a typical upbringing in America and 
maybe in schools doesn't really teach you to make your own decisions. Decisions are made for you. What you're going to eat for lunch, what time you're going to eat for lunch, what classes you're going to have, what do you need to graduate? What are you going to do after you graduate or whatever the case may be, right? So there, once you're out of high school, there's more decisions to make independently. But once you're out of college, mm. mm-hmm. that's it. <laughs> that's that's the time to make the decisions and nobody's going to tell you what's right or wrong or people will tell you their opinions, but there's no right or wrong. You can't check your answer. You can't check your answer. Yeah. You got nothing to compare. You have to make your decision yeah. and trust that you're able to make those decisions. So I had to trust myself to move away. I had to trust myself to take certain jobs. and I had to trust myself to leave certain jobs. When I left my previous job, I was so nervous. I was so scared. I was like ready to put in my two weeks notice to my boss. And my, I texted my boyfriend and I said, Oh my God, I'm scared. I can't do this. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. What am I going to do? Like, and I was like, what if this is, what if this is not, what if, what if, what if, what if, you know? (laughs) And those, the only way that we'll learn to trust ourselves is, is if we start to make those decisions. I had to pick, I had to get a car get an apartment, all those decisions I had to make. And I, I would go to my sister and ask her about it. And I'm like, ultimately she can't make this decision for me. She, I can't. And I started realizing I want her to tell me what to do. Yeah. Because you're so used to that. Yeah. That feels like, like you go back tell to that me what safety the answer place. Is. Yeah. Exactly. Tell me what the answer is so that I know that, you know, you make the decision because you can make decisions because you're an adult. <laughs> <laughs> And then I'm like, oh, wait, I'm an adult Surprise, so are you. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Surprise, I'm an adult. I need to make these decisions now. And I think that speaks to what I think about when I consider when I want to have my own kids, um, helping them make decisions on their own and figure out how to make decisions, not just to make the decisions that I want them to make as much as I might want them to make certain decisions. Yeah. But when I'm not around, I want them to be able to, to make good decisions. And mm-hmm. how do I teach them to do that? And um, so I had to learn, you know, I had to learn how to have that trust in myself so that I could go on. Because otherwise sure. I'd be stuck at a crossroads all the time. Do I pick this apartment? Do I pick that apartment? Is it a good idea? Can I afford it? Did I do the math? Can I afford a car? Can I afford this? Can I do this? Can I? And I just had to get over it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So true. Because if you want that apartment and it's so funny too, because for my apartment, I thought I wanted it and I was like, Oh, maybe I should think about it. I'm not sure. Whatever. And then they told me, well, someone else is coming to see it tomorrow. And I was like, Oh no, I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, like, so if I, if I take it today, does that mean that those people tomorrow don't have a chance? Okay, good. Cause yeah, I want it, you know? Yeah, so, it kind of forced you to be like, all right, here we are. We're, yeah. we're, we're taking the dive. <laughs> yep. I had to. And ultimately, that is those are the kinds of things that have gotten me to the point where I can make a decision and trust that it will work out. But also, yeah. if I don't trust that I'll know what to do or figure out how to handle it, because that's all that we can do. Otherwise, right. if you don't make a decision, you're going to stay in the same place that you're in. Yeah. 
You're staying stuck. And so, yeah, not letting that fear get in the way. And I think, Mm -hmm. and also that understanding that most decisions at the stage of life you're going to make in, if you make a wrong one, it's not the end of the world. You'll learn something from it. It might not be fun. You know, you might be like, oh, shoot. You know, it might be a detour, but you'll learn from it. And I think sometimes in this culture that we have built up where it's so much built on the prize and the trophy and the success and the list of accomplishments that um, we're scared to death to fail. And and, which is a really bad place for a 22, 23 year old to be coming out of college because there's no, we don't do a good enough job. And I think it depends on, at least in the schools and in the programs that we have going on. And it just depends on your household of whether parents you know, give you freedom to kind of, you know, give yourself enough room that we can pull you back off the cliff, but also let you make a decision. Because uh, there's several times I've had conversations with my daughters about like, that's something you need to figure out. And they're like, uh, well, you're the mom. I'm like, but you're an ad- <laughs> I am the mom, but you are now an adult. Right. <laughs> so, exactly. Exactly. So that yep. it's okay for you to, you know, and if, if it's wrong, then we'll figure it out. But I, yeah, that's, yep. but we're not set up for that. And so all of a sudden we spring you out into the world and then mm-hmm. just expect you to know what to do <laughs> with very little direction on that. Okay, so we're going to go into confidently setting boundaries because as you're navigating all of this, I'm thinking that you really have had to set some boundaries to create space for yourself to take a breath and just create space for what you're just, okay, I, I, that's all I can do with you. I, I, I have done what I can do with you. I need to step away so that I can self-preserve. It's really hard. It's really yeah. hard. Um, I think... Something that I did um, or that I realized was that I needed to I needed to respect my own boundaries first before I could expect anyone else to. So I would have this idea that there was something about me or something in my life that was personal and I didn't want to share it with people. Mm. And then someone asked me about it and I shared it. And I felt distraught and sad because I betrayed myself. Because I didn't want to share that. And so that led me to needing to have a conversation with myself about like, okay, Mm. it's worse when I betray my own boundaries than when someone else tries to betray my boundaries. Yeah. And there's no way I can set. (laughs) That's so true though. it's, It's, there's no way I can set a boundary with someone else if I can't set it with myself. So if let's say I, Mm. you know, decide that I'll just make something up. I don't have any kids, but let's say I had a child and I didn't want to share that. Um, Mm -hmm. Or maybe I was pregnant. That's something people don't want to share sometimes when they're pregnant. Maybe I was pregnant and I didn't want to share that. Right. And Mm -hmm. when someone asks me, I... Or maybe they didn't even ask me or they mentioned pregnancy and I was like, oh, well, actually I'm pregnant. Ah, ah, ah. And, I, and then I get home <laughs> later on and I'm like, wow, Jimmy, why did I tell them that? Like, I didn't need to tell them that I crossed, I yeah. betrayed myself by disregarding that boundary. Right. Where mm. as if I 
did the opposite and I didn't share that. And I said, you know what? I made a, you know, even if I wanted to tell them, I decided when I spoke with myself that that's not something I'm going to share. So before Mm. I share that, I need to re if I want to share, I need to revisit that conversation with myself. Um, so Basically, if, if I'm going to be the blabbermouth for myself, if I'm going to, you know, sure. that doesn't work <laughs> because then I can't put that boundary up of not telling the other person, because even if they don't ask, I'm willing to tell. Right. Right. So yeah. that gets a little I feel like the way I explain it is a little complicated, but. No, I think that's a really great nuance and we haven't approached it, but that is so true. It starts with it starts with us. It starts yeah, with. And I found myself doing that and I yeah. felt very disheartened when I mm. when I would realize that of like, man, like I feel like I share too much or mm. why do I feel so sad about the conversation that I had with this person? It's like it's not because the, the person it's not because, you know the person did anything wrong, but it's because I, knowing that I didn't want to cross a certain line, still crossed it. And in that sense, I, I didn't maintain respect for myself. Yeah. You abandoned yourself and that. Exactly. Yeah. And if I can't trust myself, then who can I trust? Right. Right. Or, or ask that up. If you can't ask it of yourself. Exactly. Yeah. So, and so once I realized that and I was able to say, okay, I need to be able to respect my own boundaries. Mm-hmm. That is how I'm going to be able to empower myself to say no to other people. Right. So that when the person does ask me, hey, are you pregnant? I'll be like, nope. Yeah. Or I, that's not something I want to talk about or whatever the boundary is, you know, yeah. apply whatever yeah. uh, applies to Not that I'm aware you. of. <laughs> right. <laughs> n- right. Or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Right. Um, or, you know, do you want to go out tonight or go out to this party? Nope. Yeah. I don't want to go. And not having to over explain yourself too. Exactly. You don't yeah. need to give a reason. Yeah. Nope. I'm not. I'm not interested in going. Yeah. I'm okay. You know, and I think we all probably have people in our lives that expect something from us. Sure. And that's what makes it difficult. Right. Those expectations, which segues very nicely into um, I'm going to get a going to go a little out of order here because I feel like that goes really nicely. So talk about that living out of your own expectations versus others, because that ties you. You segued really nicely into that. It's actually something that I'm struggling with right now because I'm the youngest of five girls. Oh, wow. And that makes me the baby. Yeah. And that makes me the one who most likely had their diaper changed by everyone else. <laughs> they, they've seen you naked. <laughs> right. So, so I think for some of my family members, it's difficult to see me as an independent adult who will tell you no. Yeah. I've had a family member who I literally said, you know, I'm allowed to say no to stuff. Right. Mm. And it looked like she couldn't compute the math. She was wow. like, no, you can say what? Hmm. Yeah. You're an adult. And then she said to another family member, she thinks she's wants us to know she can say no to us. And I'm like, yes, I can say no. Get me a cup of juice, Jermaine. No, get it yourself. <laughs> it's very simple. It's very simple. You've got I, two legs. You're a grown up. Go get that juice. <laughs> and and why is that an issue that I have the right to say no? Yeah. Why would that be an issue? 
Yeah. But I think I'm the sorry, expectations do I work and, for you. Well, and the expectations and boundaries in families are the most difficult ones. Yeah. Uh, because there's so many preset understandings of either we don't have boundaries because we're family and we get to expect things because we're family. And those, mm -hmm. I think it's for me personally, in my experience, it's been a lot easier to set the expectations with people outside than within. And because yeah. people within get like I really mad. <laughs> they don't like it. I but, agree with that. Yeah. Because a lot of times with people in your family, when they have seen you grow up, when you're a kid, you can't necessarily say no to everything. Sure. You know, you yeah. can't really be like, you know, clean up your room. No. <laughs> you know, your nine year old so, self is going to get grounded for that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so but with people outside, they, they're not seeing you from young. So you yes. get to start fresh with teaching them how to treat you yes. or what you're going to tolerate and what you're yeah. not going to tolerate. Yeah. So that's what I feel makes it easier with people outside because they can get upset and they can hit the road jack because we're not, we're not family and yeah. you haven't, you know, this is my standard of how I should be treated. And I, right. I'm showing you that right away. Yeah. Whereas with family members, it's like a transition from baby yeah. to back up and respect my boundaries. Yeah. 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 Time <laughs> you know? out. I'm not, Ta right. I'm not time a toddler out. anymore. <laughs> so what was the question? Well, it was just about expectations, you know, living oh, out of yes. your so, own expectations versus others. I think that it does need to be um, something that you show people. I yeah. think showing people that you're not okay with something, not tolerating it. Because when you tolerate something or you pretend that it's okay, then they continue to believe that it's okay. Yeah. Well, and if uh, you don't communicate those things, you can't expect people to know things right. that, that you haven't communicated. Right. Exactly. And so I think definitely that communication, communicating that. To me, I'm the type of person, well, I would prefer to just say it straight up. Mm -hmm. And some people get mad. Yeah. <laughs> so in one scenario, you could have someone hear you and say, okay. And then still after that, you have to demonstrate yeah. those boundaries. Right. But sometimes people won't even hear you out because they don't want to hear it because to yeah. you, to them, you're the baby. Yeah. And you need to do what they say. They've made up their mind already. And they've you're made not. up their mind. And in that case, you still have to go on and show them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just keep reiterating it until they get it. And to me, I think I'm the type of person who will cut off access if you can't respect the boundary. Mm. If my boundary is you need to take off your shoes when you come to my house mm -hmm. and you refuse, then you won't be invited to my house anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and you've laid the boundary. You've so, laid the expectation. You've been told. Exactly. You've been warned. You made it clear. You chose not to follow. <laughs> exactly. You chose, you've decided that that's not important to you to right. respect that boundary. So I'm not going to keep inviting you over so you can trample your dirt shoes on my white carpet. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So um, that's what I mean when I say demonstrating it. But I yeah. definitely do think the step of communicating it is is where it should start. Yeah. That's where it should start is a neutral our sit down conversation. And I, and I don't never enter a conversation like that without thinking it through first sure. and thinking about how to approach it or who I'm talking to and how, you know, they might feel and, um, 
what might be the best way to communicate that. And I try to get outside opinions too. Like, okay, I might say Valencia, does this sound, you know, rude when I say it like this? I just want to make sure when I go have this conversation with someone that I'm not coming off as, you know, instigating something or hostile. Sure. Yeah. I think it's a great idea to go in with that person you trust that will give you, you right. know, good, honest feedback when you're having those tough conversations, especially with people that don't want to hear it. And you know that going in, oh, yeah. you know, you go yep. in prepared, but I would tell, I would say you have shown a lot of moxie and really expectations in terms of just the decisions you've made over the last couple of years um, mm. of, of leaving Long Island, leaving a job that wasn't working for you. I mean, you, have, you, and I think that you, Model that. Yeah, go. Absolutely. Let me mention something. (laughs) Because there was a time, man, I was not a teenager who acted out very much at all. Yeah. Maybe I had a boyfriend when I wasn't supposed to have a boyfriend, whatever. (laughs) That was your biggest offense. (laughs) Like, yeah, maybe I think that'd probably be my biggest offense. But once I got older and I was like, okay, I'm an adult now and I need to be treated like one. I, there was a time where I was like, okay, fine. And no one was home and I packed my stuff and I left. Wow. And I texted the group chat, the family group chat. And I said, I won't be living at this house anymore. Wow. So when you say I've set the tone for, I have I don't know. Maybe you. some people might consider that outlandish. I wouldn't say that it's not outlandish. Sure, sure. <laughs> but um, I think in a maybe dramatic or very stern way of me saying, I am not kidding when I tell you I will not tolerate yeah. this. Yeah, you drew your line in the um, sand. And so granted, it was moving from one one family member to the to another family member. Well, yeah. Um, you know, but it's still halfway but, across um, the country. <laughs> oh, well, yes, that that was a different. I was talking about something <laughs> oh, okay, else. OK, OK. <laughs> That's another move. <laughs> that was a different move. <laughs> totally different move. Um, but yes, exactly. Like, you know, I'm. When I, when I tell you what my boundaries are and that's that, don't think that I'm going to, it's going to be all okay. And I'm going right. to continue to allow you to, um, dismiss my boundaries. Yeah. And just that I'm, I'm grown up now. I mean, I think too, especially coming up in a big family and as a youngest and I'm an oldest, but my husband's a youngest. So I've seen, and, mm. and so mm-hmm. when you kind of get out of that household, even a little bit and get a sense of freedom. And people start to see you for something other than the youngest person in your family that's the baby. And they see you where you are today, who you are in this right. moment. You're always, it just gives you this sense of, whoa, wait a minute here. There's this whole other different kind of world out here and a way that I can be with no preconceived notions. And you get kind of a taste of that. And you're like, oh, okay. And I think the thing too is that my mom, my mom, didn't treat me that way or she, she treated me, she gave me the freedom. Okay. okay. So I had gotten a taste of that from, you know, my teenage years. Nice. Good job, mom. And so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she gave me a taste of that. She would trust me. She would, you know, of course she would want to guide me and tell sure. me, you know, be careful. Don't do this. Don't do that. Whatever. Yeah. But she would trust me and she would understand and hear me out and try to understand why, what I was doing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 
So she did give me that, that taste of freedom and, and respect. Yeah. Um, of like, I know you, I know my daughter, I know you have Mm. a good head on your shoulders and I'm still going to tell you to be careful. Yeah. And, you know, guide you, but I'm not going to patronize you. Yeah. My mom was, she wasn't patronizing in that sense at all. And she, you know, she, she understands my plight and she's, you know, said to me like, well, guess what? Your sisters are going to have to just get over it (laughs) and realize that you're an adult and whatever. So, yeah. Well, that's, thank you for sharing that. But I, yeah, I think that that's, you know, you, you did some, and I bring that, I wrap that up saying, you know, you did some, you set some, some tones and you, you made some moves that backed up. You know, you, we talked about earlier, you can't just state it. You got to do it. And I would say that, that you've done that. And, and, de- yeah. and that's going to serve you well. And you have to believe in well. what you're doing. Right, right. And even if you, you have and, to believe and even it. if you just mostly believe it, having the courage to do it mm. and get out there mm-hmm. and do it. Because I would say sometimes we wait to, you know, we, I, I'm not sure. You don't quite believe it yet. Well, I'm like, if you're on your way and there's any sense and guess what, yep. you can probably turn around and go back if it doesn't work, but, but step out there and, and, and take the opportunity to take the chance. So. Yeah. And I think with that too, is that people will challenge you Sure, and you have to be ready to stand by what you said. Right. And so I will say that I've been challenged in many different ways and yeah. I've had to been like, yes, I did say that. Yeah. And just own it. And I meant it. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> I said it. I meant it. Yeah. I was disrespectful. I meant what I said, though. Right. Yeah. No, <laughs> and I think that's true, too, because sometimes in the especially in the heat of the moment within these relationships, we can say what needs to be said. But if we go back and do it differently, maybe it's received differently. That doesn't mean what mm-hmm. we said was wrong. And I think sometimes okay. we'll go back and apologize for a package. I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on. Two things can be true. I could have yes. been disrespectful. That doesn't mean what I said didn't have exactly fruit didn't to have it. Weight. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. And also recognizing when it is right to apologize and when it's not. Yeah. And what you're apologizing I'm not say for. sorry when I'm not sorry. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> right. Exactly. Yeah. No. I will say that. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. I'm not saying to go out and be disrespectful, anyone. Right. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mean what you say. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Good, good stuff. Okay. So, and I think you do this really well just by how you live, but let's talk about how we can support ourselves and other women in living unapologetically. Tell your friend to leave whoever she needs to leave. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm snapping my fingers for that. Uh, but seriously, being, I think honest, it's, it comes down to honesty. Yeah. Don't allow your friends to think that a certain mindset or a certain, just be honest with them about what you actually and truly believe. Yeah. Don't just be a yes person to your friends. Yeah. To other women. Yeah. Let them know and encourage them on what they deserve. If I believe this about what I deserve for myself, I'm going to let you know that you deserve that too. Right. Right. Or if you need to do work on something I'm, and we're, we, we have the type of friendship where, you know, we're on that level. I'm going to tell you that I'm not going to give you dishonest feedback about whatever is going on, on in your life. If you're inviting me to give you feedback and I'm not going to, you know, and, and maybe that's just, it's just not in my character, but I'm never going to tell another woman something degrading or, I mean, and I don't think that people go into it thinking about saying something degrading, but some people might say, oh, well, 
you know, you're lucky to have such and such person or you're lucky to have this and that as opposed to. um, Sure. I was actually just having this conversation where sometimes in a workplace, people might be like, well, you guys are lucky or blah, blah, blah. Or in any scenario, people will be like, well, you're lucky. And to me, that just diminishes the idea or, de- you know, takes away or um, invalidates is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Invalidates what someone thinks that they deserve. Yeah. If I feel like I deserve to make $200,000 a year right. and work yes. one day a week, it's not for you to tell me that I, right. that I don't deserve that. So I think being uplifting and I mean, I don't know, to me, that's an easy, that's an easy thing to do because that's what I believe about myself. Right. But if I don't believe it exactly, if I don't believe that for myself, then I'll project my disbelief about what I deserve onto the other women in my life. Right. Oh my gosh, that's so true. That might be the most important thing in that whole string. Well, you said a couple of things. That's so important because if you can't live unapologetically yourself, then you cannot help other women to do it because you you can't live it. You can say all the words, but you're not living it. The other thing you hit on, and there's going to be a whole episode on this coming later in the season, folks, but you hit on that weaponized gratitude. Well, you mm. should be thankful. Well, you should be feel lucky. And, I, and we'll have a whole episode on this, so I'm not going to go down. I want to give it all away. But, I, you know, that's something that, that I think we face all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I'm not lucky. That doesn't mean this can't be better. And this doesn't mean I can't want more. And this doesn't mean it's perfect. Right. You can be thankful, but also recognize. And there's a lot of people that don't want to hear that. And they will weaponize right. the gratitude and try to shame you into second guessing yourself. Um, on those things. And so, yeah, folks, it could be, and let's bring this full circle. It could be, you know, you know, dad or mom or auntie or whoever. I don't like when you yell at me when I say that I don't want to get you a cup of juice and they might say, well, you should be grateful that you have a place to live. Yes. Oh my God. yes. <laughs> Famous last words by so many parents across yep. America. Yeah, I should <laughs> be grateful that I have a place to live, but I doesn't mean I should also be grateful for you screaming at me. Right. Right. And both, and both. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. Yep. So yeah, yeah. we're going to have, we're going to, we have, we were discussing this in our staff meeting on Wednesday, but we're going to do a whole episode on, on that. And thank you. So thank you for touching on that. So preview people preview that's to come <laughs> later in the spring. All right. Um, I would say this is something you probably had to have a pretty good grasp on to do the things you've done the last couple of years, coming back to your why slash your values and how that defines mm. and helps you guides you guides is really like a guidance and in, in decisions you make on what you do. I think to be honest that we put too much weight on life purpose. Mm. Cause does life really need to have that deep of a purpose right. more than having fun and eating good food? Oh yes. Does it? And joy, like, just joy for the sake of joy. Does it? Right. Oh, you know, and I think it's yeah. great to find a life purpose and have a life purpose that guides sure. you. Sure. But I think we put too much weight on comparing if we don't have a life purpose or haven't figured out what it is, comparing that to people who have. Mm. It's okay to enjoy life until you figure out what that is or enjoy the journey to figuring out what that is. Yes. That's my husband's favorite 
term. My husband loves enjoy the journey. And I am so true. It is. And it becomes truer and truer the old, the, uh, you know, the older I get. Absolutely. You and know? it will keep getting truer. <laughs> and don't wait until you're 50 like I did to start unpacking that and figuring mm-hmm. that out. Because mm-hmm. it's a it's a heavy if you're if you're so wrapped up in that that you're not living your life, it becomes a, a, a weight that you're carrying. Yeah. And instead, and so, and I think just listening to that inner knowing in you, that instinctual self of what the next best step, because it also allows you to live in the present. And mm-hmm. I don't think we live in the present very well either. So thank you for saying, I really appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think that's huge because there's so many people who might be around, um, getting out of college and stuff like that and feel like, oh, well, what's my life's purpose? Or I have to choose a major or I majored in this, but is that my purpose? Or, you know, and it can be daunting, but I don't think that it has to be. And I think that to, to your point of like not waiting until your fifties, I saw, um, I've seen a couple of videos talking about, you know, don't wait until retirement to, plan the vacations you want or plan the right. things you're going to do on your bucket list. Like right. your bucket list starts now. Yeah. You know, start doing those things now. Start enjoying. You don't have to work miserably now to have fun later. Yeah, That's not fun. That's no lame. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's a really common thing in the, in our culture period. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. we're starting to unpack now that your generation has a much better grasp on of you living your life according to what it really aligns with who that you want to be as a person. And, you know, and because I, I, I saw a lot, I've seen a lot and I saw a lot of time in our time on Long Island too, because I think the proximity to New York city and mm-hmm. all that brings out a lot of this, but my daughters went to, at Adelphi, I went to school with a lot of kids whose parents had already told them, you're going to be an accountant. You're going mm-hmm. to be a doctor. You're going mm-hmm. to be a dentist. And they didn't want to do any of those things, but they're like, because we want you to be able to live in New York close to us, because it's so expensive here, you need you to need do to those make. things. You got to make that money and then you can enjoy the weekend, but you got to yeah. make that money during the week. And these poor kids were miserable. They did not want to be doing this. And some of them sprang free and some of them just trudged along. And I just remember thinking, God, I feel bad for those kids because they're just, they're not getting to be them who they are. Yeah. I am grateful to not have had that, which I think if I did, I would have just rebelled crazy. Yeah. Because I don't, I'm one of those people that I can't stomach that kind of thing for too long. Yeah. My major was going to be, uh, business and mm. I literally couldn't stand telling people that so before wow. the semester before so you my knew. Semester, I knew and before my first semester started I was I changed my major so I never wow. took a business class I was wow. like nope I'm changing my major this is whack <laughs> yeah this does not feel right this does, does not, not feel, feel authentic right. to me I am mm-hmm. out good yeah, good for you and good for you in living in a household that made you feel too free to do that because there's a lot of kids that we ran across and people that we know that did not. And even growing up, you know, mm-hmm. I think that your generation is doing a much better, better job of speaking, speaking to that and being willing to, to live that way and make those choices yeah. and feel freedom within that. That's yeah. awesome. Okay. All right. Accepting the layered aspects of ourselves, all the stuff, all the experiences. Talk about that. I think when there are layers of ourselves that we don't 
enjoy or we don't accept, I think the question to pose to ourselves is, or well, first of all, ex- ex- starting to accept it by saying, I am whatever that thing is, or mm. sometimes I am, or even if it's, I wonder if sometimes I am, mm. and then following that with, and what's wrong with that? Ooh. And answer the question. If there's something wrong with that. Sure. Tell yourself, talk to yourself about what is wrong with that. Like sometimes I'm quick to judge and what's wrong with that? Well, what's wrong with that is that I could hurt someone's feelings. Mm -hmm. Unpack that with yourself. And I think a lot of what I've said today is about having conversations with yourself and really reflection, which I feel privileged to have started doing at a young age, Mm. not because someone taught me, but because I would get very upset about things like I didn't do my homework. (laughs) And so I'd be like walking home from school and I'd be thinking to myself and I had, you know, I was a very energetic kid, but sometimes I was very quiet Mm. and I would think to myself and reflect to myself, okay. Jermaine, why are you crying? Mm. You forgot to do your homework. Okay. And what's the worst that's going to happen? You might get in trouble, but then what? Okay. Do it the next night. Or like just kind of talking myself through it. Wow. And I that's so emotionally that's- intuitive. <laughs> My gosh. I'm so impressed that you had that skill. I mean, that's amazing. Because I would get these feelings and of of this heavy weight, this heavy burden weight of sadness or fear of getting in trouble yeah. about something like not doing my homework. So I had to figure out for myself, like, okay, I don't want to feel like this. Why do I feel this way? I'd rather feel happy. Wow. Let me unpack why I, why I feel this way. And once I did it once, it alleviated all of that. Oh and then gosh. I fell in love with doing it. And I was yeah. like, oh my God, that's great. Next time I get sad, I can just do that again. Wow. So I think that self-reflection and those conversations with ourselves are so important because that's how we're going to make sense of things that we experience in the world, the feelings that we experience. What am I feeling? Where am I feeling it? Why am I feeling that way? And is that, you know, does that make sense to me? Or do I still feel that that's something I need to be worried about or whatever the case is? Or how can I solve that, that issue? Sure. Oh, that's, so and, and that ties really nicely into like the emotional health yeah. piece too, because you, you're unpacking it, you're unraveling, you're asking the right questions. And oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I hope you understand that. What a great gift. And, 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 and that you felt safe enough within yourself to do that because, and, and have the intuition. That's fantastic. And it's so crazy because I just remember. Wow. I don't know if I went to the store or something and I was just, I don't know why I would even be by myself that age because most of the time my sister was with me. Sure. And so I guess maybe I went to the store to get some candy. I don't even remember, but I just remember standing outside just thinking to myself, okay, Jermaine, stop. Why are you sad? What is the, okay. And so what if this happened? Is that that difficult of a situation to deal with. No, it's not. What's going to happen afterward? You're going to be fine. Okay. And (laughs) just as a little kid, and I don't know what or how or where I got that from, but (laughs) wow. um, Yeah. That's awesome. And it serves you so well. Oh my gosh. That's just such a good tool because we all need to do that. But Mm -hmm. I would say there's not very many little kids that 
that have the intuition or even f- and feel safe enough even within themselves emotionally mm-hmm. to do that mm-hmm. early on. That's that's awesome. Oh my gosh. That's mm-hmm. I keep saying I have favorite takeaways, but that's my new favorite <laughs> takeaway. Um, and then within that, how has that affected the quality of your relationships? Being able to have those conversations, accepting the layered aspects of yourselves, setting the boundaries and expectations that you have. How what is kind of effect does that have on your relationships? I think that allows me to have deeper relationships because if I can be honest with myself, I can be honest with the people that are close to me. Sure. But I think it also allows me, it gives me more room to deflect relationships that don't serve me Mm. so that I, I, it makes me see myself and my emotions and my aura, my surrounding space, my me, everything of me, sure, to see it as sacred mm. and to see it as a place that I will not allow everyone into. Yes, not so everyone gets to selective. come on my island. Exactly, it makes me more selective about the people that I allow in. Mm-hmm. But for the people that I do allow in, it makes it possible to have a deeper connection, deeper conversations and a deeper understanding of each other, a more free sort of relationship, friendship, um, where I can truly be myself without calculating what to say, calculating how to behave, Mm. how to act, how to be, um, and gives me that space to be, to be myself. Yeah, I think that's so true because I think that that is a world that we let you, you put in one hat when you walk out mm-hmm. the door and an, another hat. And, and it's so important to have those places where you can just unfold and be your raw, authentic self and yeah. feel safe and yeah. known. I mean, I don't think you can put enough emphasis on the importance and of that. Thank that you allows so much. the other person in the relationship to be heard more often. Because if I can reflect and talk to myself and realize maybe I was mean about this and I can go check in with that person and see how they're feeling and understand them on a deeper level if I did make them upset Mm -hmm. or if I thought I did, but I didn't, you know, so. Yeah. Well, just that giving's permission. When we do things and we see it and people see it models, it gives permission to reciprocate Yes, exactly. You know, and that's, yeah, creates that trust. Okay. So we are down to the rapid fire. Name five activities that nourish you. Five activities that nourish me. Journaling, meditating, eating, <laughs> yes, drinking water, and exercising. Awesome. Okay. Five words on how you want to feel the next six months. Free, open, <laughs> rich. Hey, rich can mean a lot of different things. Uh, um. You said five, right? Free, open, rich, bold, and Mm. beautiful. Yes. Yes. Oh, so good. Thank you so much, Jermaine, for this. This was, I knew, <laughs> I've been excited about this conversation for a while and we had to delay it because I've been sick. So I'm super glad we finally got to have it. So much Me gold. Too. So much gold <laughs> in this. Gosh, it was so good. And podcast audience, you're going to want to have your pen and paper available to jot down notes because Jermaine shares a lot of nuggets of wisdom. And what I love about this is it's just a great example of, I am 52 years old. I can learn so much from this 20 something who has, Mm. um, has just so much to offer and to learn and has walked 
her life out in a different space and a different set of shoes, but has so much wisdom within that. And that's, that's, that's the, and I think that's so important for us to realize that, that we can, you know, sometimes I think we get locked into age, respect, wisdom, not that there's not, Mm. you know, truth within that. I certainly started this podcast because of wisdom I've garnered from my, my own experience. And that's true, but that does not mean that I cannot, I learn. I learn from my staff. My staff is full of twenty somethings. I learn from my staff every week, all the time, every day. So don't lose sight of that. Each other with each other, women that and men and all of us that there's so much from each other's stories that we can learn. So on that, we're gonna um, close out this week's episode. Um, thanks so much for being with us, and um, podcast audience, have a great week. <laughs> <laughs>